It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys got another big win over the New York Giants in Week 10. But how much can we take away from this win? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCV. Well, Landon, the Cowboys <laughs> did it. They got the win. Yeah. Uh, they were, by kickoff, they were 18-point favorites at FanDuel, and they more than certainly uh, certainly covered that spread. They won 49-17. to how much can we take away from the Cowboys beating this bad Giants team on Sunday? Well, I, I, you know, look, that's the old saying. I think I think I've heard you say it lots of times. Good teams win and great teams cover. Uh, you know, exactly and I, 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 I think uh, you know it shows you that uh, that you know. Look, I mean, I, I, so when when people like uh, are nervous about trap games or nervous about these sort of games that happen, I, I I think it's legitimate, especially when you talk about an NFC East opponent. Now, listen, I've been preaching this whole week that I think the next week's game is is more of the trap game because I think. You know, despite the fact that the Giants are in the free fall, it's still a, an NFC East opponent. These things will happen. Suddenly, you know, you'll 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 play poorly. Things will start to snowball. You'll get an injury or two. The ball bounce is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the reasons that we talked about before this game started that things can go wrong. And and to our credit, having mentioned that. Things did go wrong, you know. Things yeah. like the Cowboys had an interception early that it was returned back to their inside their twenty while while holding on to a, a, only a seven point lead. Uh, there was definitely a point in this first game. drive of the game. They went, they, you know, they got the ball all the way down, you know, inside the two yard line. Yeah, and then they failed on fourth down. Like that, that could have been a game changer. Mol- multiple times this game could have gotten out of hand. And and, and listen. Could there's obviously an argument to be made that great teams necessarily don't do things like that in the first place, but but at the same that's time, football though, man, that's football, and it's it's a division game against a team that you know, despite not having a lot of talent right now because of injury and other reasons, they still want to win, and it's a well coached team. So the fact that the Cowboys were able to kind of have that happen early and put it aside, and then still come out and, and completely dominate in a way that, frankly, the score. Doesn't even show you how dominant the, the, the Cowboys were in this game. I think that that shows a level of growth that you know we may not have seen in previous Cowboys teams before. Now I feel like we've seen this from this team earlier in the season, so maybe it's not quite as impressive. But I do think it's worth noting that you know 
the Cowboys were coming into this game uh, uh, obviously big favorites at home. They they won by more than they were favored. Uh, they solved – or let's say solved, but they were able to kind of show life in areas where you had some concerns about specifically in their offense. But, uh, yeah. and, and, and I think that the, all the things you wanted this team to do – uh, you know, if you, if you had a list of, of what you wanted to see this do on their way to a, a dominant win, I feel like it, the Cowboys checked a lot of those boxes off it, it, on their way to a dominant win. So uh, I think it's it wasn't just that they beat the Giants that are a bad team or that they beat the Giants, uh, uh, you know, uh, by a lot uh, th- that is a bad team. It's the way in which they won. It's the manner in which they incorporated aspects that we had been concerned about. It's the performance individual performances of some of the players that we'll talk about that really kind of give you an extra bounce in your step when you're talking about this, you know, clear blowout win against the giants. The other thing that we wanted to see was don't let a bad team hang around and gain confidence. And in the first quarter, they kind of did the the score was I'm looking at it now. Yeah. It was seven zero after the first quarter. Um, The Cowboys had the interception. The giants had a chance to put some points up. The defense made a great stand. Um, but like the Cowboys have done so often at home is they go on these seven minute spurts hmm. and then all of a sudden games are completely over. And they did it again, again on Sunday. They, they got the ball. They got the ball with 13 minutes in the second quarter at their own four yard line. Okay. Yeah. By the, yeah. <laughs> by the two minute warning. Okay. The score was 28 to zero. Yeah, I mean, that's how fast everything happened. And that's without getting like a turnover on defense, you know, right away. They they got one later uh, at halftime. But like things just can uh, snowball on opponents so quickly, especially when the Cowboys are playing at home. By halftime, we were having arguments on Twitter. Should Dak and CeeDee Lamb even play the second half? Like th- that's how quickly this game got over. Yeah, and and I think that, you know, that change from this offense being a – uh uh, an offense that could definitely move the ball to an offense that was suddenly putting up points in bunches as, since after the bye. I, I think that change has been how the Cowboys have handled CD lamb, right? Yeah. Uh, another incredible game for him. Uh, you know, I, I, he became the first player in NFL history to have 10 receptions and 150 more, more yards in three consecutive games. Um, and, and I think that that, that kind of stance and that kind of, running the offense through CD uh, has opened everything else up. I mean, obviously we'll talk about some of the other people that were benefactors a little bit later, but I think just also in the run game, it, it just ha- having the, a pass first offense really in, ends up helping the run game, especially in the second half. And you see a, a lot more burst and openings for, for the run game in the second half after you know, you've seen the safeties kind of step back and, and have to be concerned mm-hmm. themselves of guys like Cooks and Gallup and, and CD getting down the field. So uh, it's it's really made a noticeable difference, and, and, and obviously it's become dangerous, the fact that, as you just pointed, you could put up p- points and bursts, and, and Dak is playing in a way, in a way that he could, he could score on you a whole bunch uh, as, well as, you know, as well as anybody in, in, in quick spurts. It's a quick strike offense like you know, Kansas City or some of these other teams we've seen, it's really impressive. So PFF has a stat called looks, which is just targets and carries, right? That's It's really, really simple. Uh, C.D. Lamb had 16 looks on Sunday, averaged <laughs> 10.5 yards a look. 
which is absolutely insane. He had 168 yards, two touchdowns, one rush, one rushing, one receiving. I mean, everything is just clicked for him. Like he's, yeah. I thought last year he was already a top 10 receiver. Like everything we saw, I mean, he, he's made a, a pretty significant jump from what we've even seen last year. I mean, there, there's no argument anymore. Like he's a top five receiver and he certainly isn't five, four, probably not three either. I mean, they asked him tonight, and he told you that he wasn't two either. So, no. um, and listen, I think you know right now. I just told you, I mean, no one's ever done what he's done the last three games. So, uh, I think he's got a pretty strong argument to be to be made. Yeah. Uh, and and the thing that's crazy is that is just how well it scales, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this his production, like the more targets they get him the more opportunity you have for guys like Brandon cooks and, and some of the other guys. It's so. not like he's getting 16 targets and catching seven of them for one fifty, right? It's, it's 11 catches on 14 targets. Like it's unbelievable how efficient he is. And that's some of the issues that we would see like with Cooper at times, like when he would scale up is that you, you feel like you give Cooper 10 tar- targets and he would be good, right? He'd give you nine receptions. Yeah. You start getting beyond that and you start getting some diminishing returns. It's almost like you have to start forcing it. Not with, with, with CD, no. like you can give him 12, 15 targets. He's going to convert, you know, 13, 14 of them. You can run your offense. Still- through C. Exactly. And then now suddenly the rest of it's open too. Like the, the looks to cooks are more open. The looks to yep. Tolbert to, to Ferguson, uh, you ha- they have more space because CD's gravity is just pulling. So defenders so close to him that it's providing opportunities for everybody else. CD had an unbelievable game, but he's not the receiver that I want to focus <laughs> on today. There was another one that had just an absolutely stellar performance. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. GameTime is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The all-in prices show your total up front so you know that you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. You can buy your tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOT.NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live each Friday. Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel, Host Tanisha Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and so much more. 
Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Landon, let's talk about Brandon Cooks, who you and I both anticipated that Cooks was going to have a big game after kind of being shut out against the Eagles. Nine for 173 and a touchdown on 10 targets. Just an absolutely fantastic day. If the Giants had any... But if any resistance on offense, he could have had 200 yards. Yeah, I mean, easily. Uh, I, I I really feel like you know, we we felt like that that Cooks was going to show out, and and I mean, I was expecting something in the area of like you know six six targets for six catches and 80 yards and a touchdown or something. Uh, this was well beyond what I expected, but I think it shows you exactly what happens when given an opportunity, right? Uh, and they they made a real concerted effort to try to focus to get him the football to get some opportunities down the field. They knew that they had mismatches there across the board. That C. Lamb wasn't the only person that was going to be able to find ways to get open. And the Giants played a ton of man coverage, you know. And that was I think that opened up opportunities for uh, a CD to get. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry for Cooks to get down the field uh, and get loose. Uh, and you, but I mean, that, the other thing too that I think you saw is a little bit of what uh, I was trying to point out at different points uh, in training camp, right? Is this opportunity of getting cooks the ball in the middle of the field when everything's kind of cleared out and, mm-hmm. and giving him an opportunity to run with the ball in his hands and how dangerous that was. You saw a couple of different passes where it was a shorter middle, pa- shorter medium pass in the middle of the field. And then he was able to kind of turn it loose and get up the sideline uh, for extra yards. And I think that was a lot of success, not just having him sit down the field. I think that mixture is really good for this team, right? I know that they want to like try to, I mean, the middle of the field is really where Ferguson and CD want to operate the most, mm-hmm. but getting CD opportunities on the outside gives uh, 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 Cook's opportunities on the inside. Uh, and I think that that's good for just the diversity of the offense and mixing things up. And I think we're seeing the benefits of that. Uh, and then, and then the other thing I just wanted to point out was on that touchdown. I mean, it's just very difficult in the in the high and low red zone, especially in the high red zone, when they are playing man coverage to cover uh, Cooks on a crossing route that that goes into the end zone. You know, they're playing man coverage and they're playing trail technique. You're just not going to be able to keep up with him going across the field, and 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 if there's good enough protection and Dak can put it up in the air and let Cooks go up and get it, there's just not a play for the defender to make on the ball, uh, and it's a, and it's an easy touchdown. So I'm I'm calling for more of that, please, because it was really it, it's not always easy because you do have to get good protection, and it it does take a while to develop, and sometimes that's tough when when things are condensed in the in the red zone. But I think it was a really good play, and it showed you a great way of getting Cooks involved in that red zone where you know they had had previously had struggles, and you felt like they were going to start having more struggles, right? Uh, but then suddenly you see Cooks and some of these other guys start to convert some of those, and, and, and they start doing well. So the Cowboys can win a lot of games and score a lot of points by basically just having CD and a bunch of other little pieces as the, the, the passing game. But if they want to like beat the 49ers and beat the Eagles, they've got to get somebody else that can consistently scare teams. And that's why I thought this was such a big game for Brandon Cooks. Like you're starting to see at least some of the yeah. the upside of this offense with Brandon Cooks and what he can do. I mean, you said he had a favorable matchup in this game. That's absolutely true. He's going to have a favorable matchup in every game going forward just because he's the number 2 receiver and you look across like the conference 
there's no good number two cornerbacks really in the NFL. I mean, if he's going up against like James Bradbury one-on-one, that's probably the best number two he's going to face all year. And that's a matchup he should win every single time. So I think it's really important over the next month and a half as we get kind of starting to get ready for the playoffs that the Cowboys continue to make Cooks a big part of their offense because they're just so much scarier if he's involved. Especially in the stuff that we just talked about, right? Like the the opportunity to get Cooks the the chance to get the ball in the middle of the field with some space, like that's that's a great way to beat the Forty Nineers because if they're trying to send Warner like up Tampa twoing all the way up the field at the seams to try to cover your tight end or try to double CD Lamb on the outside specifically, and you're able to put Cooks like ten yards up 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 over the ball with the with no one around him for two or three yards, I understand what happens with the second level of San Francisco, but it's a lot harder for you to catch a running uh, branded cooks than yeah. it is a running CD lamb. Uh, so those angles d- dissolve a lot quicker. So I just think that getting cooks cooking uh, is going to get an opportunity for more, not just for more stuff down the field. We're, we're focused too much on him and his ability to kind of be a deep threat, which of course he can be. I think the other element about him is that if you get the ball to him on the run or just standing, standing still where you have some space, he has ability to be slippery, to break tackles, to destroy angles, and, and turn uh, you know short gains into large gains. If he was just a deep threat, you, you would he wouldn't have been success as successful on a variety of different teams that he is. Uh, he has multitudes to his game, and the Cowboys need to start using those multitudes and not just as a deep threat that gets down the field. I want to run through a couple other receivers really quickly. Um, Michael Gallup, two catches, seventy yards, had an awesome touchdown. Uh, we saw he, you know, Tolbert. He really, that was real quick. I just wanted to say yeah, that right. Gallup, really, Gallup really, really needed that uh, for his confidence, and I think for Dak's confidence too. So 100%. if he could get if he could get going like that too, where you get him two or three passes, and he and then he converts those two or three passes, that's a good usage for him. I feel like, and and yes. that, you know, I think. I'm okay with that if if it's only three or four catches, but he's converting those three. He or four needed catches. to have that type of game today. Yeah. So that was that was exciting. Um, Jalen Brooks. So I don't know. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the broadcast. I, typically, it's not a good idea to listen to the broadcast. You're better off just listening to the the Babe and Brad. Uh, yeah, but, listen to Brad Babe. Yeah, but Greg Olson uh, said pregame they were watching the wide receivers work out. And they they noticed Jalen Brooks, and they said Greg Olson went down on the field to ask a Cowboys coach, who is this number eighty three that's making all these ridiculous catches in uh, you know warmups? And he said, oh, that's Jalen Brooks. He's going to be a star in this league. And lo and behold, early in this game, Jalen Brooks made several catches. He caught. He actually was starting to play over Michael Gallup. Like he had, he I believe he had three catches before Michael Gallup had one or before Jalen Tolbert even had one. It's very interesting that he got into the game early and was playing on the outside. Like they were throwing the ball to him on the sideline running comeback routes. It's just something to kind of look, you know, just write down and we'll see what happens over the next couple of months. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think there's, and and if only for the fact that he's going to get a ton of opportunity to play in these next few weeks. Look, look, we just talked about Carolina. If things go the way that they w- want to against Carolina, then you'll probably see a lot of Jalen Brooks getting some snaps late in that game. I, I, I just think that he's an active player on this roster um, because he's a special teams, you know, he's a big special teams guy. 
Uh, and they, the Cowboys historically have used these guys. And let's be honest, the Cowboys have historically been very good at turning these guys into uh, – Go look at what Noah Brown has done the last two weeks on this league, guys. Like the Cowboys are usually very good at identifying these late round wide receivers and just develop developing them uh, by but keeping them around because they're special teams players yeah. because they can play on multitude of special teams. I think the difference here is that Jalen Brooks is a much better wide receiver than all those guys immediately. Uh, you know, Probably, I, I think yeah. he's a lot less raw than Noah Brown. Or, well, Noah or, Brown had, I, I looked it up today. Uh, Noah Brown had 87 yards in his yeah. first three years for the Cowboys. Um, and you, I mean, you're already basically Jalen Brooks is already there. I, he might've had 87 yards uh, in his entire career at Ohio state too. If I remember yeah. correctly, he, he didn't play a ton in college, but the difference is Jalen Brooks did. He played for, yeah. you know, and I think that he came in with a little bit a uh, little bit more developed skills. And I think he also surprised a lot of people, I mean, everybody, frankly, with just how, like, ready to go he was in training camp. He was incredibly steady throughout training camp. We talked about him all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and to see him coming out here and getting solid snaps and, you know, producing, not, you know, not nothing spectacular, just uh, – but, but listen – he he showed out this. He had that really incredible block on the edge uh, in the Chargers game. So there are times when he's on the field and you notice 83, and you're not noticing him for dropping passes or missing no. blocks. You're noticing him for making positive plays, and it's not too big for him. So that's a really good sign. By the way, Noah Brown, last three games, 383 yards for the Texans. I just, I'm really happy for Noah Brown. It's really cool. Uh, I, you know, frankly, I feel a little vindicated that I felt like he was ready for the role. He just kind of what didn't, wasn't quite ready last year. No, uh, it was I'm a little bit too much. Succeed. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some stars on the defensive side of the ball because the Cowboys held Tommy DeVito to 61 passing yards on 32 dropbacks. Pretty, pretty good. We will discuss those players next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And if you want to pick the Cowboys on that money line bet next week, uh, you can just pick them outright to beat the Panthers. I, the last time I checked FanDuel, the Cowboys were 11-point favorites <laughs> on the road in Carolina. Absolutely ridiculous. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Landon, the Cowboys gave up 17 points in this game, but not really. Seven of those were really late. The Giants ended up trying to kick field goals and make this game look a little bit closer than it was. Uh, the Giants had, if you, you if you remove, uh, you know, the, the, the you put the sack yardage in there, they had a total of 61 passing yards on 33 dropbacks. Uh, nothing out of the passing game. So 
who do you want to talk about on defense? Because we can basically talk about everybody. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, the the first guy we should talk about is uh, Deron Bland. I mean, he had another <laughs> interception. I feel like uh, also just played very well. Just in, I, I noticed him in in, in uh, some run fits and some fills. Just playing very physical. Just continues to week in and week out play a very high level of football. Uh, so you know that's obviously great to see him not take a lull in his uh, level of play, despite who he was playing, to be honest, in some yeah. ways. Um, uh, can I mention Wande Thomas? We saw him in week yeah. one. He played awesome yeah. in that game against the Giants, and then we haven't seen him again. And then the Cowboys pull him back out for the Giants game, and he almost has the interception. I, almost maybe they're just only using him against the Giants. Yeah, maybe he's the giant. He's like Jack the Giant Killer type of, type of situation. Uh, I, I, I guess I got to bring him up because I felt like this was his best game so far this year. Uh, I thought Mozzie Smith played a good game, uh, you know, had had a couple different uh, snaps, especially early where he was the driving force and what stopped mm-hmm. the run, uh, had a tackle for loss. I don't think he got a half. He didn't, have, didn't, didn't end up getting, I think, credit for half a sack on that one play, but he at least had two pressures, I would say. And two stops uh, that I would, in one game. Yep. And two stops, which is great. So, uh, I, I think those are those are uh, are good signs that we're seeing positive growth there. I think you saw another great game from uh, uh, from Marquise Bell, despite the fact that he was kind of hobbled a little bit too. Um, I thought I noticed Rashawn Evans, you know, yeah, uh, so playing some good yeah. defense. So uh, I thought I thought a lot of really players obviously played good football. I mean, because they simply weren't able to do anything. And and honestly, even the run game, which you know the numbers look a lot better for the giants than they were in the game. Yeah, because, and I yeah. think it was a lot of just kind of garbage yardage because I think at the time when the game was in question, the Cowboys pretty much had shut down the offense for the giants. Ab- like absolutely. So well, they had the giants had 31 yards in the first half. That's not good guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a professional football analyst, but uh, that's 31 yards. Great. So uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good sign for the Cowboys. I mean, look, I think we gave everybody the caveats to this stuff, right? Like this is an undrafted rookie free agent playing on a team that is a mismatch uh, uh, going the other way uh, for, for the Cowboys positively. Right. And so mm-hmm. he was facing an uphill on the road, uh, you know, he was facing an uphill battle. And even as the game was going on, giants players were dropping like flies and Thibodeau fell, came, yeah. went out at some point. So and I'm pretty sure they lost both starting corners, I think, at yeah, some well, point. Um, they were already down to Dory Jackson. Deontay Banks yep. and Trey Hawkins got hurt. Cordero Flott, who had the interception, he actually got benched in the first half. And then I don't think they brought him back until they had the injuries. I mean, it's... it's I should have made fun story. of his name. Clearly, that was... That, that, I, I, as soon as he got Flott. the interception, I was like, man, I, I think I, I made a comment that that's yes. not a real person. He showed me. Um, but yeah, uh, they didn't have a great day, frankly, outside no, of that, no. outside of that interception. So, yeah, I mean, look, it, you know, on both sides of the ball, but especially I think from beginning to end on defense, uh, it was just the giants were overmatched. You know, they, they had injuries at the offensive line. There weren't nearly as many sacks as there was pressure because, uh, DeVito was able to kind of slip out of, of the front of the pocket and kind of produce. And frankly, at, at points, that was the only offense that they were producing was DeVito kind of slipping out the front of the pocket and uh, trying to go get his shine box. And and I, I just I don't, I, don't, I don't know that he was doing much more than running for his life. He had a couple of really nice throws at, uh, at, a little bit later in the game. 
Yeah. Uh, but it really felt like, you know, both teams were kind of going through the motion by the end of the fourth quarter, just trying to end this thing. So uh, last thing for me really quickly, we saw Michael Parsons play a lot of off the ball linebacker. And I think that mm-hmm. was just, I mean, frankly, they're short on numbers there, but I think they were also just trying to get some of the more defensive ends on the field without taking Parsons off the field. He didn't get a sack today. In fact, he didn't even show up in the stat sheet, didn't have a single tackle. But here are all the players that got sacks. Neville Gallimore, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, You mentioned Mozzie Smith almost had a sack. Um, Chauncey Golston almost had a sack in the third quarter. I mean, there was pressure all day. The Cowboys didn't even need Michael Parsons to rush the passer in this one. And I think that was probably the thought process is let's save this kid for when we really need him. Right. And so get all these, look, that's the great thing about having a very capable pass rush outside of Michael Parsons is that all those guys can go get sacks and Michael Parsons didn't even need to be unleashed. So yeah, I mean, obviously a great day for the Cowboys pass rush. Uh, We all know who the opponent was. Listen, you can't get upset about a team crushing another team when that was what they were supposed to do. Is it going to tell us anything about what happens in January? No, but we can't get to January until nope. we beat all these teams. So we're stacking yep. wins. And one of the things that you're already starting to see take shape in the NFC is you. I think we know who the seven playoff teams are probably going to be. Mm-hmm. But seeding is going to be really important. Even if the Cowboys don't win the division, that number five seed this year is incredibly valuable for a couple of reasons. Number one, look at who you're probably going to be playing. It's probably going to be the Saints or the Buccaneers at, you know, I mean, you're going to play on the road, but I mean, neither of those teams are good. If you are the sixth seed, you might have to play the 49ers. If you're the seventh seed, you might have to play the Lions. And with the way those two teams are playing right now, I don't think you want any part of that at all. So stack up these wins at when you can against bad teams. Don't drop any that you shouldn't, and the Cowboys will be just fine. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every single day. Uh, on Tuesday's show, we're going to review the f- uh, film. We'll have all of our All-22 takeaways, so make sure you tune in for that. Check us out on YouTube. We have shows that are free and available every single day over there. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore, underscore Mosier. Enjoy your Victory Monday, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.